Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host... Ben Bateman, were you, I thought you were going to intro me. Uh, what's up, everybody? We're back. Alex is back. Uh, he just keeps losing, losing embarrassing bets and having to leave town. Uh, <coughs> it's amazing that he's decided to show his face again or his voice again to you, but uh, we're happy to have him back, aren't we, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. Planning a wedding is tough. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> Traveling all around the world is tough. Yeah. I was in London. I know, for a whole week. That was... Very fun, but my first time there. And the, uh, so the yeah. people who know when I'm traveling somewhere, it's not like, oh, I'm there and I'm seeing the sights. It's like, oh, I'm there and I'm in a showroom right. and I'm meeting with 30 people and then I go to bed tired and then I wake up and do it again. The, so the interesting genesis of this whole like Kesco project, uh, we haven't really talked about project this. Project Kes. We haven't talked about this that much. Um, I do want to remind everybody here, we're going to tangent for about 45 seconds to get into the episode, because some of you get upset that we don't talk about magic right off the bat. Uh, we do talk about Tarmogoyf, on this Lily out of the Veil, <laughs> Snapcaster Mage. So we're going to be doing uh, a whole discussion of what you should be playing in Vegas today. That's a thing. Uh, sure. We're going to be talking about the best decks in modern, what should be played in Vegas. We are going to talk about the Pro Tour and some other things. But uh, just as our quick intro, to kind of give some people some frame of reference, Alex started a company called Kesco a few years ago. It's an outdoor spring, summer, seasonal toy company, as well as a game company. Um, I helped with the company in its second year and have now, because the company has become, uh, reasonably successful in its second and third year, we're doing well. Uh, I now do a lot of work with this company. This is like a big part of my job as I spend an enormous amount of time. Alex will be in London. I will be in Chicago or Milwaukee or wherever. And so when we like meet up in the office every week or two, it's like, Hey, how you been? It's not like we show up to the office five days a week and just like hang out for 40 hours a week. It's like pretty much never happens that we're actually both in the same space for longer well, than a day. And from March till June is the worst time for us. Yes. From a busyness perspective. So it's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of phone calls and texts about what's going on in Magic. Um, I have a show with Wizardry Foundry that I do daily called 10 Minutes of Modern. It used to be an anchor show um, where I talk about all kinds of stuff. I talked. I had an episode that posts today about uses of Karn, Sign of Urza in Modern. Um, so I kind of you know keep my finger on the pulse there in Modern, but uh, it's definitely been an interesting process developing with this show as we've kind of moved forward with Kess. Right. That's, how, that's why Craig and Michael have been guests so much more often because we're looking for more people that can be regular guests that can just come on if I'm unavailable or Ben's un unavailable because we travel a lot for work and that's just part of the deal. Absolutely. So uh, we are going to get straight into the topic today, but stay tuned because we have some big announcements about streaming and the future of modern content, video content with the Masters of Modern. We'll be talking about it mid-episode. So, uh, But in the meantime, if you guys want to follow along, you can find us on Twitter at the MMCast. You can follow me personally at Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Kess. Wiley, yes. and you can find everything at collected.company. Yeah, and so well, there's other shout outs we'll do later, but let's get into the episode. So, first, uh, Dispel was printed in World Wake first. Okay, okay. That was a conversation we had before we started recording, but we I found it out. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Alex thought that ben was, thought was RTR. RTR, and so he was. <laughs> so many buses I get thrown under. Yes, you this do. Is, this podcast should just be called the Alex Kessler Under the Bus yeah. podcast because he's not here anymore. He's not here anymore. I mean, I'm not here. I'm not a robot. <laughs> So, uh, Vegas is coming up. Yeah. I'll be there. Unfortunately, you won't. I am not. You're getting married. I'm getting married. You were just not, in London. Not during the event, but because of the, ev the wedding, 
uh, I am unable to attend because there is wedding planning things happening that weekend. Yes, it's a whole the, the whole uh, this season and all of that this year leading up to it has been uh, tumultuous and it makes right. it difficult for us to both like us both going somewhere for a weekend is very very difficult right. to accomplish. But I will be there. So if you're there, if you're listening to this, uh, I will be very likely in a suit. Um, I probably am going to play in the modern main event. I'm a little undecided on if I want to or not. I'd actually I, I'd like to. On Twitter, please tweet at us if you want Ben to either play in the event or not play in the event. Yeah, let, I mean, I'll play let's some let modern Twitter decide for sure. But like, I'm really excited for Vegas, so I have some things planned. I'm finishing. What I, what um, I do want is, and I think maybe we'll give you like random cards to give to people yeah. at random, like a, a bag filled with cards, and maybe some of them will be good. Uh, that if people come up to you and challenge you to a game of modern and beat you, you have to give. They get to pick a card out of the bag. Let's get the podcast. I want people to like randomly find you and let's challenge you. Get the podcast you. to buy me a bunch of foil claws of kicks and. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, we yeah. I, so I, I will be there. I will have a modern deck guaranteed, so a sweet deck. I'm not sure if it'll be one of my signature brews or if it'll be something a little bit more traditional. Mm-hmm. But I will have at least a modern deck. I have a full, brand new commander deck that is going to be with me and built with Sig River Cutthroat as my commander. I've been talking about it for a year now, mm-hmm. uh, and I've worked on all kinds of different cool ways to make mm-hmm. it work. Um, I might have a brawl deck, uh, and I will. Yeah, I'll be playing, and I'll have my Highlander wheel too. So. I'll be doing all kinds of cool stuff uh, doing that, and I'll definitely be looking forward to meeting you guys. So anybody who wants to hang out, tweet at me at Ben Baby Media. You can find me there. Yep. So let's talk modern. What should you play in Vegas? What are the hot decks right now? Uh, I think you should play 8-Wack. You think I should play 8-Wack? Yeah. Really? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, the deck Absolutely. that I want to play in Vegas mm-hmm. is, if I'm playing like a, d- a good deck to go far, uh-huh. I want to play Jeskai Control. And yeah. I'm talking hard Jeskai Control. I mean, I am a hard big fan of all things blue white x because like what's interesting about this is that jeskai control the concept of it when you say it offhandedly to someone to the to the casual onlooker represents one of 12 decks it's like (laughs) well this is this is the joke uh so i I guessed it on and we'll do a shout out more thoroughly later in the episode but i was on the command zone this week as well oh cool uh and um we talked about how like what metagame what's in the metagame and like uh, you know, briefly, like, you know, Humans is the most played deck in the format. Right. And then Hollowed One, and then Jeskai Control. But if you combine Jeskai and Blue-White, it's, like, the most played deck in the format times, like, almost twice as much as the next one. But because they're separate decks because of the color red... What pretty much happens is this. <laughs> if you are a modern deck that are play- that is playing Snapcaster Mage, Path to Exile, <laughs> Celestial Colonnade, and Lightning Bolt in the same deck, you're one of these decks. Right. If you strip out Lightning Bolt, and the other cards are true, then you're one of, like, 12 decks. Right. Like, blue-white X decks. I mean, it's kind of similar, I guess, to, like, Jund versus Abzan versus black-green, like, the black-green rock decks. It's kind of something similar, but it yeah. feels so much more pronounced because, like, these decks have been good for so long in modern. There's also, like, there are more cards in Jund that are locks than there are in jeskai or blue white blue white like like in reality there's snapcaster mage path to exile and celestial colonnade almost uh, like everything else here i've seen and and if you play red lightning bolt well, and uh, everything else all, is like a, a in a friend we're also not including the um we're not including the blue red decks so there's like blue moon and there's like through the breach control like those are their own brand of the same thing sure so, Snapcaster, Mage, Path, and Lightning Bolt, Shuffle. Yeah, so it's, this is what I think. If you were going to say, uh, what are the most polar opposite decks of the variations between blue-red, white-blue, and blue-white-red, I think probably the answer is like 
I think it's American blue, white, and Delver white. American Delver and hard blue, white control are the two most far apart decks that are the same. No, I mean there's like there's blue, white, red burn decks like the Geist blue, white, Geist decks. That's like, like a tempo deck, but that's just that's another one that fits the same. Bill. The, the, like blue, white, red blue, white, red doesn't play Delver. That hasn't been a thing for like. I mean, I've seen the decks though. That's the furthest. That is the furthest on the spectrum of but decks like, we're I, talking I, about. I guess like it has to have placed in a tournament seriously is okay. what I would. So, so like so team Geist, Jess guy team Geist versus versus just straight blue, white. Right. So uh, I mean, I think, like, classically, the two opposites are blue-white versus blue-red. And then Just Guy is kind of a mix of the two. Because blue-red is very much about tempo, and then you eventually bolt snap someone out, or you have another way of killing them on the blood moon or whatever. And then on blue-white's end, you have more planeswalkers and tokens, and it's a little bit more about just killing things and surviving until you kill with a celestial colonnade. So there are a couple details about the blue-white-red deck, the Just Guy control deck specifically, that I want to play that make this deck what it is. The first and most important is the fact that this deck is playing multiple copies, two or three copies of Teferi. Uh, it's insane Teferi. that Teferi is in this deck without Chase. Chase. Is not. Yeah. It's crazy when you look and you think about the fact, but there's, there is one distinct reason. Between one drops and two drops, there's like 21 cards you can play with two untapped lands. Sure. So Teferi, effectively, if you're hitting your land it's drops... It's a three-mana Planeswalker. Yeah, Jace, as good as he is... It's a four-mana Planeswalker. It's a six-mana Planeswalker if you want to be able to do the same thing. Well, sure, but I mean, like, the, the idea is, yeah, fine. Right? Like, if you want it to, with Teferi, you can play him on five and hold open two. Well, no, then, then Teferi's a five-mana Planeswalker, and Jace is a six-mana Planeswalker. Yes, right. But, right. but that's that's not as, as impressive as a sentence as Teferi's a three-mana Planeswalker, yeah. and Jace is a four. And it's, it's fascinating. I mean, like, this deck is playing, and granted, there's different lists, but, like, the one I'm talking about is the one that I think placed at, like, the Classic or the Open a couple weeks ago. I'm looking at the SEG Regionals Columbus first place. Jessica deck. Control. Just guy control. I'm and it's playing like four snap custom mage, two Teferi, three lightning bolt, four path, one secure the waste, which is yep, spicy, four serum thing. visions, one spell snare, three lightning helix, <gasps> three logic knot, one negate, two electrolyze, four cryptic command, two supreme verdict, two search versus Kanta lands. The important one is that there's only two celestial conates. Everything else is just fetches. This and is very similar to the list that I would want to oh, play. Oh, there's one field of ruin. Yeah, this is very similar to the list I would want to play. So, like, I, I definitely think that the logic knots are essential to Bane the Teferi Slayer plan. Angel in the sideboards. What? Which one? Baneslayer Angel is oh, in yeah. the sideboard. So I think it's good for a couple of reasons. And so let's back off this deck for a second before we get too far into the deck itself and talk about why is a Jeskai control deck that's playing this much interaction so good right now? The answer is that humans, five-color humans, is the boogeyman of the format. It is the closest thing to a banned target that we've had for a little while. This is definitely a deck that's on people's radar as a problem. Um, and I think if you go to a high-level tournament right now, there's going to be a lot of copies of five-color humans running around, and you have to have a deck that can interact favorably. Yeah, I mean, right now, right now, it's a little bit around six percent of the meta. If you look, you know, on Moto, so and and in tournaments, it's a higher percentage than that. Um, but like humans, affinity, and hollow one, all decks that relatively have a not the best, or just guy can handle pretty handedly, are three of the largest five pillars of the format. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you're, if you're asking me right now, what are the decks du jour? And it is definitely Five Color Humans and a Hollow One. Those are the two big, like, just showing up everywhere decks. Every yeah, I mean, top eight I mean, seems to have at least two copies. Right now I say the metagame is made out of humans, Jeskai Control, Affinity, Mardu Pyromancer, Black Raid, Hollow One. Uh, and then right under that you have Burn, Jun, Get Storm, and Tron. Yeah, now the reality here is if you and take Jeskai Control... White, but then if you have Blue White the Jeskai Control, it's the number one deck in the format. Yeah, if you take Jeskai Control and you take it to the, a tournament, like let's say you take it to Vegas, 
you may just end up going against a bunch of the wrong decks. It's totally possible. That's the nature of modern. I'm not saying that if you take Jeskai Control, you're just going to win, but Jeskai Control is pretty well suited. Now, there is the very, very specific and important detail that the deck plays four Cryptic Command, and it's perhaps the most important card in the whole deck other than Teferi. And if you don't play your Cryptics correctly, you'll lose to the aggro matchups. Humans will beat you if you don't know how to play Cryptic, because two Supreme Verdict and some spot removal is not going to beat that deck. Uh, this is a deck that has two Electrolyze, two Supreme Verdict, like three Lightning Helix, three Lightning Bolt, like and four Path to Exile. I think actually like that's kind of the reason this is a good match. Like, yes, Cryptic Command is there for that, but I think Cryptic Command is more important in other matchups. With humans, the deal of just like you have so many different ways, like they can't uh, meddling mage you out. It's not like it's just against straight blue white where you're like you're stuck. Once you get past four paths, their your removal quality drops significantly. But by having red, you get electrolyze lightning helix and lightning bolt as like a spread. So like no matter what they do, it's kind of hard for them to stop you from casting your spells. They cast a meddling mage, and you have three removal spells. And even if they call a thing that you want to cast, you can get rid of it. If they kite sail freeboot you, you can just kill the kite sail freebooter, get your removal spell, and kill the next thing. Here's the thing, and this is why I say this. Um, Verdict as a two of in this deck is probably the big reason that you want to play the deck. Like it's a it's a really good reason to be playing a blue white deck. Sure. But more important than that is that just having a lot of spot removal doesn't get the job done. And the reason this is better than Mardu Pyromancer because Mardu Pyromancer is going is functioning kind of on the same level in a lot of ways. It plays a ton of spot removal, really good removal, generates card advantage. But the difference is. Once you get to the point, because remember, the human's deck is playing 37 creatures. It's playing four vial, 37 creatures, and 19 lands. If you have a ton of removal spells, they're going to just keep drawing gas. That's what that deck does. So you have to be able to mitigate in the mid-game to get ahead, to draw into your verdicts, right? To be able to reuse your... The fact that you can tap down their team and draw a card is very essential. It's like one of the most important things you're doing against that deck is to survive the mid-game, to draw into your verdicts, to draw into more removal. How many, how many thrusts did you say? Humans. Mm -hmm. uh, usually they play 19 lands, 4 vials, and 37 creatures. Okay, so so Jeskai has 28 threat uh, creature removal spells. That's sweet. <laughs> and it has like, the remainder of those spells are cards that draw more of those removal spells. Yeah. So it's like pretty comparable. Yeah, you can I mean, probably keep them one to one. For sure. But I'm, I'm saying the reason, in my opinion, that Jeskai gets to do it is because on top of its removal, it's also playing Verdicts and Cryptics. It's four sure. drops are sweepers versus... In my experience playing this deck, and I play, I've played a lot of blue-white and blue-white-red decks in my yep. life, Cryptic Command is more important against the other matchups that aren't being aggressive against you. You don't have a problem with aggressive matchups because you can pretty much handle any threat they throw at you. Right. It's the decks that are trying to cast stuff like Scapeshift or Storm. And like and Cryptic is good against the aggressive decks. Like right. It's totally fine against those decks, but it's, it's like a hedge against them while really being like, I can shut out these larger decks that can go over me. Why do you think this deck's only playing two Colonnade? That's that's definitely a surprising development over the last little while, so to see them shaving those down to twos and threes. Uh, I think just getting your lands intact, I think Field of Ruin is part of it. Right, um, right. I think that Cryptic Command and Field of Ruin makes it hard to like have lands come into play like, tapped at different times. And the more aggressive a format is, the worse Colonnade is. Right, because if you're, if you're trying to play your cantrips to draw into that fourth land to be able mm -hmm. to cast your big spell, and the land you draw is a Colonnade, it's like such just like a slump. And like you don't need... like. You're not going to start killing them with Colnade until you've pretty much depleted their resources. Right. Like, you're not, like, if they have five cards in hand, you're not going to start attacking the Colonnade. So, you're going to have time to get to the Colonnades you need. Um, so, it's less of a important deal than it would be in other decks. 100%. Um, I'm looking at going to blue-white right now. 
the blue white example is playing four celestial colonnade. So that's the other thing is you're yeah. playing three colors. And so like four blue white lands yeah. definitely makes your red spells harder to cast than, than not. I would agree. So I, I definitely like the idea of playing Jeskai Control. Now, the one thing about Jeskai Control is that it's not a deck that's doing anything unfair unless you're playing a combo version. But if you aren't playing a combo version, what's hard about this is that if you're playing this deck as a new player and you're playing against a seasoned field, you'll probably lose because you're playing really fair magic. Like you probably will get mized out of the game and finish five and four. Cause it's a lot of good cards, but if you don't know how to properly mitigate the mid game, the good decks will beat you. Like infinity will just get there or humans will just get there. They'll, uh, who knows, they'll angle into their Keswick malcontents or something and they'll just burn you out. Like you, it feels like because you're playing such fair magic, it's not the kind of deck you want to just pick up and try to go and like ace a GP with. Uh, yeah. If you're not, you know, the, the, the classic statement is the less familiar you are with your deck, the better aggro is going to be for you. And like being reactive and knowing when you're playing against different deck, what decks, what you need to be able to stop and what things you can let go is very important. And so if you're not very familiar with what the format is and like what key cards are good to counter or let go or when to wipe the board against Maru Pyromancer or against uh, hollow one, when is the best time to cast your Supreme verdicts? Um, do you counter the different discard spells? And so it definitely like matters that you know what you're doing with the deck. But I, I yes, it's fair, but it's definitely consistent and can win and it has that capabilities, even though it doesn't have a combo finish or anything along those lines. Not I mean, yeah, it's I don't... a lot of really good cards, which is definitely important. So, okay. You always so... just snapcaster lightning bolts and kill them, right? Yeah, that's what I want to do. I mean, I, look, guys, I'm literally talking about doing this, possibly. I don't ever play this deck. I may be just picking this up and trying to walk into a GP with it. Well, so, like casting uh, Secure the Wastes on, Dope. like, turn seven yeah. is, like... Really good. Really good. That's, really, that that's an really good. instant speed seven or six six. Yeah. And tokens, so they just... Yeah, that's good. The card's powerful. Um, you can snapcast it back. So let's talk about some other stuff with this GP. Um, so that's the deck that I would recommend. I think okay. that that is the strongest deck to be playing right now. Now, Five Color Humans, obviously, if you want to go in with just like a powerhouse deck, great. It's public enemy number one. The sequencing of how you play that deck is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that, again, you want to just try to eyeball. You always can get away with just playing Burn. <laughs> like, you can just play it. Well, it's a GP, though. Uh, so that's just kind of my statement in every GP preparation. Play what you're good at. Yeah. Like, if you're going to go into this tournament, yes. If you have a deck that loses against these top 12 decks, no matter what, maybe rethink it. But, like, it, if you have played a 1,000 games with Affinity, play Affinity. Right. You GP, might... G- a GP event is not the event to, like, t- try something out a lot of the time. That's what FNM's for. That's what... The side events are for, you know, play a deck that you're comfortable with. It doesn't even have to be a tier one deck. Play, right. play, play uh, Mardu Merfolk is what I was going to say. That's not a, <laughs> a possible Sick. thing. But play like Bant Merfolk or, or white Mardu Merfolk. Green all Merfolk. Of your, all of your Moonglove and Avian Changelings. <laughs> just, 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 just like the three mana Changelings. Just like. <laughs> Make it happen. Uh, you know, play, play your like. Uh, that you, but you've played a thousand games on. Like you're yeah. good at that deck, or play something like like Scapeshift or Affinity is obviously the easy one because this is a tournament that like you're not metagaming isn't going to work. Never try metagame a GP unless you have like three buys and you know you're going to win your next two, so that you're at the top tables for the rest of the day. Because your first six matches are going to be against r- random stuff that you have no control. It over. Makes me so sad that um, 
basically superior burning cocoa is now a dead it's a deader deck than it's ever been because it's just the worst version of five color humans they're yeah. literally doing the same thing i was doing the whole thing i did the whole premise of the deck like the thing i got good at like they're just doing that yeah i, <laughs> I played like a few more spells than them but it was the same deal like almost everything costs two instead of a, yeah yeah instead of a free four five they're playing vials uh, well yeah. they're just playing champion of the parish and it just yeah. does the same thing yeah and like the lands just made it so that like that deck is just better. Um, I, I've considered like you know I always try to come up with something cool. The the deck that I was considering for a second, I don't think I want to do. I took the concept. Awak. What? Awak. No, I took A-whack. the I took the um the constructs plus one plus one counter hardened scales deck. Oh, that deck's cool. That like voltaic servant deck, uh-huh. and I changed around my build a little bit to accommodate an infinite combo. So the okay. big difference between the version that like Saffron was streaming and people were talking about that it's like really explosive because that version's playing Voltaic Servant along with Hangerback Walker and uh, what's his what's his name um, the the tap to put a plus one plus one counter on all of your artifacts Steel Overseer mm-hmm. um, so you were really taking a lot of advantage of the untap ability from Voltaic Servant right plus with your Ravagers and your workers and all that I swapped out a few cards so what I did is instead of playing instead of playing um, uh, Steel Overseer. I replace that with four copies of Windy Constrictor. And instead of playing Voltaic Servant, I replaced it with copies of Rite of Passage and two and a copy of Sedisi and two mm-hmm. copies of Triskelion. So the difference between their list and my list was that I was playing black. I wasn't relying as heavily on the untap mechanic, and I had the ability to go turn one hardened scales, turn two, walking ballista, uh, for with two counters on it, turn three. Rite of Passage, ping yourself, go infinite, win. So I have an infinite combo built in on one, two, three in the version that I wanted to play. And because of Sidisi and the idea that some of your creatures have modular and you're playing a lot of artifact creatures, I have the ability late game to top deck a Sidisi, play it with exploit, search for Rite of Passage, play it, win the game. Triskelion functions as a second copy of Walking Ballista. Rite of Passage as a two of in the deck is just good. It's like means that like all of your creatures when they you know a ballista taking damage and getting an extra counter if you have like a hardened scales is nuts yep it's like really good yep there's a lot of really cool things you can do and the black allows you to play fatal pushes in the main deck and be able to you know support actually combating combo uh you have all of the lands you're right you have mox opals you have all the things that make your deck go faster so i messed around with it i built it i had a list that i liked i thought sadisi was a pretty clever like top of the curve that card's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's too slow for modern in general, but if like what it's getting you is something that's going to win the game, then it's fine. Um, and obviously like hardened scales and, and winding constrictor plus construct creatures. Oh, oh, the other piece of tech here. That's so cool that this is what uh, Saffron came up with or somebody else maybe came up with it, uh, is that metallic mimic on turn two means that either your walking ballistas or your hangerback walkers can be played for zero the same turn and they come down with a counter. Oh uh, Yeah. So you actually just like play your two one and then play either of the other ones for free. Mm-hmm. And then you can obviously start putting counters on them with hardened skills and, and constrictor and just like going going big. So I don't think I'm gonna do it. It feels it doesn't feel powerful enough. No, I have a sweet Jeskai deck that you're gonna take because I'm not yeah. going and it plays <laughs> Kiki Jikis and Resto Angels and it plays uh, meddling mages and it pl- not meddling mages, it plays uh Reflector Mage? Reflector Mages. And it just, I'm going to win the GP with your deck, and sweet. it'll be the saddest day of your life. Yep. No, I'll be really happy. <laughs> I actually, I, I love making decks for other people to play and do well with. I'll claim I built it. I'll give you no credit. It's fine. No, I, I wouldn't I really do that. I'm to claim really? on this okay platform. That? that feels so mean. I would no, never do that. I would, I would not expect you to actually take all of the credit, and then I would just you know, be and the spiteful person online you. being what? like... <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, also, something I have this week before we get into the next subject matter is yeah. Ben's birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy turned, birthday to you. Thank you. It's your birthday today. I turned 30. Uh, my car was broken into. They stole my bag and my laptop. Um, it's a MacBook Pro. It's a real bummer. <laughs> it was a real crappy thing to happen on my 30th, but uh, life goes on. So, uh, yeah. We should get better at not leaving our laptops in our cars. It happened to you at Christmas. The I same know. exact thing. I know. I was so, so bummed about it. Um, so what that actually brings to brings up next, and we're going to keep talking about, obviously, the GP and, and the, the best decks, but um, I bought a new MacBook Pro. Uh, I bought a brand new one because it Yay. didn't happen today. It happened two days ago. And this new MacBook Pro, I am going, dun, 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 by popular request, I'm going to figure out how to stream Moto on my computer. And I'm going to start Woo! streaming my brews. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna I'm He's going to use my Moto account that I've been building over the last 10 years. Yep. And has like, it's got to have a 70% of like staples, but it's like missing like 30% of like some random key ones. And luckily the decks I play only play 35% good cards. So I'm going to be totally set. Perfect. <laughs> I have the mana bases and I have Snapcaster Mages. So I, those are the two things you need. As long as you have Mirror Superiors, I got no, no complaints. I think I do. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You just bought them one day because you were like, I should have these. No, I have, I've had them since like Scars of Mirrodin block. Really? I don't, like, I haven't sold cards on my account that aren't worth anything. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's just, there's just like weird bad cards. So I'm going to figure oh, this no, out. I had a Heartless Summoning deck in oh, Standard. Yeah, with, with uh, Havengul Lich. You loved that deck. Uh, yeah. Yep, it was I, sweet. And you played the demon, the, the demonic tutor demon. Yeah. Yeah. So what cool. I'm going to do is, I, I have to figure this out, guys, because this <laughs> is going to come. Looking at the ceiling and. and, and Remember, this is going to bring us to our next topic, um, which is why is it so dang hard? I, dang, we're a kids show to uh, to stream to, to play Moto on a Mac. I like don't understand this. There's there's Arena. Well, I think so. Now. So Arena is being programmed using a, a a operating system called Unity. Yeah, and Unity is specifically built to be able to be translated between PC and Mac and uh, iOS. Got it. Uh, in a not an easy way, but it's built to be able to do that. Right. And so they have built Magic Arena to be able to eventually be on Macs. I mean, they built Magic Arena to eventually be on an iPad. So over that time, they're going to be looking at, uh, you know, they're going through the beta. It's going to get released through the beta. Once they're done with the beta, it'll then get released publicly. And then over time, they'll get in, it into all the different formats. Yeah, we talked last week a lot about uh, Arena. Uh-huh. Michael was on and we had a whole conversation about it. Because well, they like, made the announcement about the... the, meta, the yeah, the, Best uh, of Three, all that well, stuff. Well, no, 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 but the, the, the economy. They made a big economy announcement. Did oh, you guys right, talk right. about that at all? Yeah, okay. you had a bunch of free cards with Kaladesh and all that. Ooh, like, but also how like they want... If you want to have a tier deck, it to be cost a person no matter what between one hundred and one hundred fifty dollars. Okay, like we, went into like the actual details of how that economy is supposed to work. We didn't talk about that specifically. Okay. Um, we talked a little bit more just sort of about like where is Arena going and what can we expect a few years from now. So what I think is interesting about this is like M- Moto is such a successful product for them anyway that Arena may eventually all, yeah it may eventually be something great, but like. Like like great in terms of embraced by the whole community, but as it stands now, it's like an alternative product. So for my purposes, for instance, it's going to be years before I get every modern card available to me on Arena. Well, it's a, as it stands, Arena will never have modern legal sets, and I don't think it ever will. It will never have modern available on it. Well, unless this no, because 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 the way they're making cards yeah. from Kaladesh onwards, with specifically in mind 
the ability to be programmed into Arena. So there are cards that exist in Modern that cannot be programmed into the operating system that Arena runs on. Got it. So Modern will never be on Arena. That just is a thing but that will some never exist. Super there will be format will eventually exist. Uh, in four years from now, there'll yep. be four sets, and then they'll create Arena, yep. which is a new format, and it'll be or Arena Eternal, and it'll be every set ever released on Arena, and every card will be legal, and that'll happen eventually. Right. So, so this if you is start this... Arena now, yep. you'll continuously be able to have the cards you need to be able to to compete on that level. So this brings to mind a couple things. The first one is. If I'm still doing Masters of Modern Podcast in four years, <laughs> maybe we will have a portion of the show that is dedicated to Arena Eternal. But in the meantime, I want to be able to to show you guys my brews. And I've, I've avoided this for years because of how hard it is to actually play uh, Moto on a Mac. But you can do it. They, I've seen people do it. There's a couple different ways. You can partition your hard drive to be able to run a Windows operating system, which means you have to log out of your OS and back in every time you want to play, which is annoying. Or you can run it on something like Boot Camp where you're actually running Windows on your Mac at the same time and then playing Moto there. One or the other is what I'm going to end up doing. What, uh, will it be your account or my account that you'll like transfer me cards? I'm not no, sure. No, you'll just play on my account. You can just sign in. Yeah, I but think. wouldn't we maybe have like a Masters Modern account we'd oh, start? Oh, we that. That could work. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, but yeah. It'll, be, it'll all be announced on here, guys, I promise. And what I want to do, my plan, is to come up with some clever idea, something different or unique, once a week, build it, and play like a, a daily with it, like once a week, like a, maybe on Sundays. And I would like to do it at the same time every week so that you guys can just like know that that's going to happen. Right. That's like something that I feel like, so we've talked about video content forever and we had like a lot of different opportunities to do some different cool stuff. I don't want to keep I I actually, I would, I would argue that we've never had an opportunity to do cool stuff, which is why it hasn't happened. We've had ambition and ideas Almost to maybe do stuff and then yeah. the opportunity actually never happened we like on multiple levels on yeah. different spaces yeah yeah and we're kind of i mean we're getting closer we'll see what actually happens as we there. get worse at releasing the actual podcast we might be getting closer to being able to do more video content, video content. It's probably just like there's more inconsistent ways we can accomplish goals and so finding different avenues to get content to you guys is something we're looking to do yeah so this this will uh you know trigger or cue another another shout out um the first one that i'm going to say is we have a patreon Patreon.com slash the MMCast. Now, we launched the Patreon about three years ago. Probably a little less, like two and a half, maybe. No, it was like two years ago. It can't be three years ago. Oh, we've done the podcast three and a half years. Oh, actually, I know exactly when it was. It was two years and two months ago. Okay. Because I, I like remember filming the video. We had, yes. I had an intern at Cast. It was the first like month of Cast existing. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we, you know, we, you guys were really, really generous. A lot of you, we, we used to do like different stuff with the swag box that went away. We've done a lot of different stuff. Um, the point is we have slowly but surely been able to upgrade our equipment with the money that you guys have supported us with. Um, we are going to need to like re-up that. We're going to have to start promoting it a little harder and, and making it like a little bit more of an interactive space for you guys, finding a way to make the Patreon and what you're getting out of helping us show because we really make no money with this show. We don't monetize it. We have no advertisers or sponsors. Um, and we definitely want to expand. We want to bring on bigger guests. We want to do streaming video content. We want to be able to buy the software to do that stuff. So um, please check it out, patreon.com slash the MMCast. It's very helpful if you, if you do that. And otherwise, we'll be talking about those updates as we go forward um, so you guys will kind of find out. But that's definitely a big thing. It's a big focus for us. And the video content stuff with streaming, just stay tuned. Uh, you guys will be hearing all about that. Yep. Second, uh, speaking of video content, yeah, go check out the Command Zone. Yeah. I was on it last week, or this week. What did you guys talk about? 
we talked about legalizing uh, commander uh, planeswalkers as commander and commanders. Okay, sweet. So right now in Brawl, that is a legal thing. And yep. then we got in a heated argument. Me and Josh disagree on <laughs> what should be legal and what shouldn't be. Surprise, and surprise. So I... Yeah, tried convincing the world that planeswalkers should be legal as commanders. I uh, think we're already there. You arguing with someone? I would never have guessed it. I don't do it. It's a yeah. very, I'm very calm. <laughs> I just accept people's opinions as their own and move on with my life. I like the idea of planeswalkers being commanders. I think it's a really, really cool thing. I um, did a whole bit. I was talking about like where does Karn sign of Urza fit into modern? As when he's one of the planeswalkers, obviously that uh, was just introduced. In, you know, for the ball, the brawl format. And my <laughs> what I came down to is I did like a stream of consciousness, like brew in three minutes, like literally live on the on the show on ten minutes of modern. Uh, and I was like, well, it's similar to Tezzeret Agent of Bolas, and they're both cards that are four drop planeswalkers, and they both interact well with artifacts. And I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. You should play some cards that are good with that. And I was like, I guess you could play a bunch of like torpor orbs and damping spheres to make this card sweet. And I was like, oh, they're all colorless, and so is Karn. Ancient Stirrings fits in the deck. And I was like, oh, I guess this deck should probably play like Crucible of Worlds and Ghost Quarter and, and Snaring Bridge. And I was like, oh, it all works together. It's so sweet. It's bug, and your Ancient Stirrings can find Karns. It's so good. And I was like, this is so bad. What happened to me? Did I take peyote or something? <laughs> um... Sweet. That's all Ben makes sex. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I think uh, it's really a blast. You guys should check it out. Uh, we also preview uh, a battle boss. Uh, so we have a game that we're uh, kickstarting, yeah. and we've talked about it a few times on the podcast now, but the plans to kickstart it uh, now in August is or surrounding it around Gen Con. And um, there are a total, eventually, of 12 bosses. We'll launch with six available when the Kickstarter launches, and then as depending on how successful it is, there'll be an additional six that can be unlocked. But we're slow rolling each of the bosses. So uh, we launched with uh, Cthulhu and Grakthar. So that's a, the, the ogre giant Grakthar and uh, his goblin minions, and then Cthulhu, elder god, with his zombie minions. And then so a third boss is being previewed on the command zone so go check it out it's actually what it's my favorite i think it's my favorite art of all of the uh starting boxes so definitely go go check out the command zone they're also on collective.company you sweet. can see what i look like yeah i know nobody knows what we look like How, it, people know we, what you look like no one knows what i look like <laughs> kind of people know what i look like i if i well, i get recognized at a gp 30 40 50 times and two of them will be somebody like walks up to me most of the it's like sitting at a table and somebody will walk over and be like i heard you from down the table are you and i'll be like that yes yeah. that is my that voice. happens to me but you don't you don't get like action movie anatomy oh some of that and schmodown schmodown like yeah. you have things that are out there with your face on camera that's true Gro but i guess i mean magic fans and at grand prix i'm not like inundated with schmodown fans granted there are some crossover fans big right. shout out to jeff roberts uh he's one of my one of, <laughs> big, one of, one of my favorite uh, uh fans i've interacted with a lot and he's definitely a big schmodown fan now so that's that's, that's but, but like your face is out there on the internet yes it sounds like i want to know what ben bateman looks like it's very easy to find that out it is yeah you can find that out yeah yeah <laughs> okay, so uh, so yeah, so I think you know between the command zone and battle bosses and the Patreon and GP Vegas, those are the best shoutouts for this section, and we should move on to the next bit of the show, which is I want to get a little bit back to. I mean, the moto thing and and that discussion is why don't we need any harp on it for too much? It's definitely a problem. I wish that it was easier to stream on a Mac. I would have probably played Moto by now, but the biggest reason I didn't 
was because for me, magic was always about the social interaction and the communal experience. That's always what magic represented for me since I was a little kid. It was always showing up to a store, meeting other people, kind of commentating on other people's decks, like sharing the ideas with people you'd meet in real life. I mean, literally, you and I met playing magic. That's how we're friends. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how I've met a lot of my closest friends playing magic. And... When you play on Moto, it's fine, but like you're eliminating what I think is probably the most beneficial part of the game, which is the social experience. So I've always been resistant to it because I know that like if it became comfortable and I got hooked, I would just stop going to stores. Sure. You know? But on the other end, it lets you play Magic. You can like draft six times in an evening. <laughs> which is so healthy and so good. No, but, uh, yeah, of course. But I mean like, you know, it, one of the things we've always wanted to do is brew. You know, you come up with a lot of brews and, and, and being able to kind of put them to the, the test right. uh, on camera is something that I think we need to start doing. And, and you doing that on Moto is, I think that's cool. And then also streaming Arena. Uh, once in a while, brewing in standard environments and probably when they're fresher so that it's not as locked into what it's going to be good or bad. And that way you can kind of have both, um, especially as we move, as Wizards moves forward, they'll be promoting Arena more and more. And the, right. the more we get involved with both is probably going to be really beneficial to you guys so you get more content and us uh, so that we can release more content. So getting back to Vegas for a second uh, and the decks people are going to be playing and the best deck in modern because I would like to play Jeskai Control. That's probably what I'm going to play if I play. Mm -hmm. Um, But we mentioned uh, uh, humans. We mentioned Mardu Pyromancer. What about Hollow One? What makes Hollow One so good and is it a good choice? Uh, Turn one, 16 power and toughness on the board. I mean, yes. If you draw all of your Hollow Ones, you can get that much. (laughs) We asked what, what made it so good. Yeah, but the reality is... <laughs> it's it turned two 16 power and toughness on the board. A lot of the time, that deck... A lot of the time, that deck generates upwards of eight power by the second turn of the game. That's... Eight power, I feel like, is a low estimate for it. Well, I mean, okay, so the hollow ones themselves like, are four I force. think if you have not generated eight power on turn two, you are losing in hollow one. Because it plays four hollow ones. It plays Flame Blade Adept, right? Which is... It plays Flame Blade Adept, four Blood Guest, four Flame Wake Phoenix, four hollow one, one Tassiger, three Gurmag Angler, as it's... And then four Street Wraiths. You're never casting Street Wraiths, but yeah, it's Yeah, so like the, the... And then you play... You have all of your hands, like Burning Inquiry, Goblin Lore, Faithless Looting. Uh, those are the three draw discard cards. And then the the the, the uh, street wraiths are your other like way to generate that mm-hmm. so like the hollow ones are like that's the key card because obviously it's like the free four four on turn one but the combination of like goblin lore or you know any of these fetch lands like filling your graveyard means that you can get like one hollow one on turn one and an angler on turn two plus attacking with you know like there's a lot of different ways to be getting eight or more power on the mm-hmm. second turn of the game right that's what makes it good um it is a little bit susceptible to just like spot removal Unfortunately, not kind of because you're there. You're getting like two for one if you path a hollow one, like well, kind of. Well, because generally they get the hollow ones, hollow ones in for free, and they're down on cards, but they've used card cycling to get to them, and it, and not to mention like my path, path is the only removal spell that's heavily played that kills a hollowed one. Like of the two key Cold ones, there's a three mana spell. <laughs> Yeah, true. They paid zero mana for their hollow one. <laughs> and making them discard a card, like, makes... Ca- well, you would never do it on their turn, but... Well, actually, maybe you would. Making the, giving, giving them the opportunity to, like, cast a hollow one, like, easily by making them discard a card would be the dumbest move in the world ever if you are playing Colagon's Command against hollow one. Yeah. Don't they play Colagon's Command? They play it, don't they? It feels like they must. No, they play one Collective Brutality, four Goblin Lore, four Lightning Bolt, one Fatal Push, four Faithless Looting, four Burning Inquiry. Why don't, don't they play... 
And the sideboard, they have more collected brutalities. Terminates, Leyline of the Voids. I guess, yeah, brutalities epically dope in that deck because, like, turn two, you, like... You, you just call like, against command, cost three mana. You're never targeting yourself with discard. That's, brutality's like, a, a so very good, wasteful right? effect. Because on turn two, you, like, brutality them, and you discard... You discard, like, what, two cards or... A, gob- a faithless looting and a bloodgast. And then your hollow one is free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It costs two less for each one you've... And it costs no, six. No, it doesn't cost two. No, no, no. Collector Brutality is black and one, uh, and then it escalates discard a card, and then you have three options. So you can, you can at total, discard two cards. So you still don't make hollow one free. Because hollow one costs six normally, and it's two less for each card no, you've No, hollow one discarded. costs five, and it's two less for each card you discard. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it costs five. It's still only a dollar seventy-three. That seems so surprising. It's, Is it's a standard card. Standard cards aren't expensive anymore. That feels like that's a buy. I guess it's, the yeah, mid it's a is a dollar seventy-three. Yeah, he feels like you could get play sets of Hollow One on eBay for like four bucks. Yep. Foils are nine twenty-three. Spicy. Yep. But if don't you think that if you were to buy Hollow One right now, like for a dollar and change, and you waited mm-hmm. two years, they'd be worth ten dollars each? Mm-hmm. I can see that. Seems like an easy buy. So, what are your thoughts on the fact that Street Wraith gets banned sometime in the next five years? Uh, five years. Not one year. Not right now. It doesn't feel that problematic. It, it, it keeps makes, showing up in other decks that make them slightly problematic. That could be problematic. Yeah, I mean, look. Every good Magic player ever is going to tell you that playing 56-card deck is an advantage. Mm-hmm. That's something you'll hear all the time. So, it's the biggest reason Gitaxian Probe was banned. Is just that the only difference is Gitaxian Probe counted as casting a spell... So it like triggered things and gave you free information. Yeah, but this, co- this, this is two life and a discard, which triggers things and yeah, lets you cast spells that you shouldn't be able to cast. Do you wish probe was still legal? I have zero opinions on probe's legality. What, are you running for office or something? You have no opinions? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was unhappy when it was banned from a purely... I had bought Storm, and which is good now, so that wasn't a big deal, but Storm and uh, Kiln Fiend... The Kiln Fiend, Blue Red Kiln Fiend deck on Moto literally the evening before. Or I think it was like daytime in Hong Kong. And then I was going to bed and the world woke up and the ban announcement came through and Gitaxian Probe was banned. So within like six hours of it being banned, I had purchased like two decks that depended on it. Uh, (laughs) So so I guess the answer to your question is the the likelihood of it getting banned is like, are they going to stop finding ways to print that? Like, free pay life or do something disadvantageous to draw a card and somehow run a 56-card deck? Because they've done they it might. a couple different ways now. Twice. A couple different times. That's just the only two ever? I can't think of another cantrip that costs two lives for, and, and is free. Can you? I mean, Gosh has returned two lands. They did that a long time ago. Oh, we'll get more this spell is free draw cards in our lifetimes. I, hopefully not, because they haven't done it successfully. I mean, but Delve I don't, is like, so obviously it's not zero for one card, mm-hmm. but like Treasure Cruise was basically one for three. Sure. Uh, no, no, that's going to keep happening. They're, they're going to, it's exciting to print that type of card and every single time it might be too good. Um, but I don't think we'll ever get a card that is, instead of casting it, you may pay two life and then you draw a card. I think that Street Wraith will not be banned. It doesn't unless Ever? unless there's another deck that finds a way to seriously abuse it, like like in a way that is as unfair. So we or need a more. third effect to do that, or fourth. Okay, it was classically always valuable in Living End. It was one of the cards in Living End yeah. that like made Living End a deck early on. 
Then it's obviously good in uh, what's it called? It was Death Shadow. It was particularly good in the Jund ones, the Traverse versions. It's a no, little. It was, it was it was important in both decks. Definitely important. Yeah, but yeah. it was more important in those because they had to get they had to get Delirium online early, so it was more significant to put a creature into your mm-hmm. graveyard. It's still good in the other version. They would still play it, but it's just it's just your low to the ground like consistency card in that deck. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually serve that much of a purpose. Um, and then obviously it's one of the most important cards in Hollow One. Without it, Hollow One works, but it's just. Slower. I think Hollow One is fine. It just it loses a little bit of its Punch. insanity. Yeah, yeah. Which is what happens when you ban a card. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that there's a chance just from the perspective. In the long run, I don't think right now it's needed because Hollow One isn't the best deck. I don't know, like. I don't know what in humans is problematic. <laughs> uh, it's going to be very interesting if human, humans keeps its position as the best deck in the format by until the next modern, like until January. The kind of card to me that would like like make it. Th- this is what you need for Hollow and or for uh, for Street Wraith to be banned. It's going to be some like it's going to be some bear or something that states like. When this creature enters the battlefield, until end of turn, if a creature would be placed into your graveyard, return it to your hand from anywhere. Some some card where you read it and you're like, oh, this is busted, but the only way this would work is if I had a free creature that I could get into my graveyard for an advantage and do it repeatedly that I can't that I don't have to pay mana for. You're like, oh, this one that I can pay life to put in my graveyard for my hand or and just get like, back. Or like a sorcery that reads, if a creature enters your graveyard from anywhere this turn, return it to your hand. Yes. That's like that's and then the you kind can just of like go infinite print for for this card to be like immediately banned. Mm-hmm. Anything else? But I feel like they would because like, that's a mistake. They made a mistake. I feel like they would print the mistake over Street Wraith. I think Street Wraith needs to be in a format defining tier one deck that is unfun for the format in some fashion to get banned. But I think that could happen. It's, it's close. Does, it's like really close. <laughs> it's pretty close. Uh, but I mean, uh, here, here's my thing. I just like my opinion on bannings pretty much comes down to the fact that every single three to six months there's another deck that the world's convinced is too good and needs a banning and only like one out of every 10 times that happens is it actually to the point that it's lo- it lasts yeah but death. over the last three years you know what deck what card has been in that deck at least over 75 percent of the time what street wraith <laughs> no two years ago it was De- death shadows decks this year it's hollow one and death shadow nothing changed they they just death shadow just no my, my i'm not my my point isn't that that those decks should have been banned or had cards banned out of them i'm saying that just consistently every year there's a deck that everyone's like oh this deck's a problem actually it's humans it's not even hollow one right now so that's a little bit of a me point but right. you know randomly there'll be times where people are like oh does this card need, deck need a card ban and the answer is no but almost always all those decks have Right inside of them. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, any pro would tell you playing 56 cards is a total advantage. Yep. It's a really good thing. And, and, as, and as long as you can take advantage of either discarding a card or losing, like, you need the life loss to be reasonable. Having a low life total is an advantage, so it works. It, in one deck, and then in this deck, it, discarding a card is an advantage. In another deck, having a ca- creature in your graveyard is a higher advantage than two right. life. So, you know, the, it depends on as long as you're getting an additional effect and having a 56 card deck makes your deck good, it's good. Right. Um, so I mean, those are the top decks. The so other right ones, now, if you were banned a card out of humans, what card would you ban? I've had this conversation so many times. I have you had it on the podcast while I was not around because we don't have to talk about uh, it otherwise. No, I don't think I have. I, that was I did a I did multiple posts on uh, Ten Minutes of Modern. Which by okay. the way, guys, if you want to check it out, a lot of you guys don't know this. We've been giving away foils like for a month and a half. 
We've been giving away foils. There is currently a giveaway to give away a, fo- a foil Bloodstained Mire. We just gave away a foil Blood Moon and a foil Horizon Canopy. The week before that, we gave away a foil Tarmogoyf. We've got more fetch lands coming up. We just <laughs> literally like so. So a friend of ours owns Wizardry Foundry, and the conversation I had was like, I was doing the show for Anchor. I would really like to be able to give away a bunch of foils. So let's find a way to do that in the budget for making this show happen. And he was like, sounds great. Let's give away carts. So that's awesome. what we've been doing. Yeah. So if you guys go check it out on wizardryfoundry.com, you can find their products, but go check out the Facebook group. That's where you find the posts. Right. Um, the Wizardry Foundry Facebook group. We, we post every single day. I usually try to share every other day or so so you guys can get those posts. But um, as far as humans, like the card that I think would be, because the deck functions on a couple levels, right? So I have two that I would pick. I wouldn't want to ban Vile because I like Vile a lot. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I think Vile is like is an important modern card. Uh, yeah, a- ab- almost absolutely not. It's I, I too good for I wouldn't want to ban any of the creatures that are essential to the deck because like Thalia, I like the card a lot. Like I don't think any of the like the, the like Anthem humans are a big deal. I don't think Meddling Mage is smart. I think it probably comes down to the fact that the five color good stuff creature deck is dependent on a land. So I think probably I would ban Ancient Ziggurat. Yeah, that's my choice. Uh, like it makes the deck like everything else in here is important for other decks in the format that I don't think need like elves doesn't need to get hit merfolk doesn't need to get hit like soul sisters doesn't need to lose champion of the parish and like these other cards would look bad on the ban list I don't want I don't want like the ban list should not look like someone looking at it and be like that card being banned seems really weird and then someone going to it and be like oh well it's actually cuz five color humans was slightly too good so they got rid of Kitesil Freebooter cuz that was the new card that got added yeah. to it and it's just like a 1/1 one, one flat yeah so like I think I actually it's one of the lands. I think that the answer for me actually is it's one of the other two. It's either Unclaimed Territory or Cavern. And the reason I say that is because you can cast Aether Vial off of those cards, but you can't cast Vial off of Ziggurat. And if that deck has hands where it's drawing Ziggurat and Vile as its only land and only like pseudo land on turn one, then the deck has problems. And if the deck has problems, you have to change the mana base. That's why I think I'd probably ban Unclaimed Territory because the uncounterability is an advantage that I think is fair. I think I think Unclaimed Territory, Ancient Ziggurat. The creature I would pick would be a Reflector Mage. I don't think it actually does anything for this deck, but I think it has the only like this is a card that is banned on other ban lists, and so it has like the pedigree to be a card that would be fine to ban. Dude, but I don't think it does anything to human. Nabondine of Iteration into Reflector Mage is such like a dirty play. I've like seen I've seen people like messing around with that now. It's like yeah. oh my yeah. god, like that's uh, so powerful. It's so annoying. <laughs> well, get ready for this GP because you'll be plasting Reflector Mages into Resto Angels, which is also, also a sweet. blast. Yeah, and then you've cast Kikijiki instead, and then you just copy and Reflector Mages. Yeah, uh, sick. But Angel Ziggurat or Unclaimed Territory. Unclaimed Territory is a feel bad though because like I don't think you can ban Cavern of Souls. No. I think that's bad for the format. And cavern, I don't think you can ban Cavern. I don't think you can unban Unclaimed Territory before you, unbl- before you ban Cavern. Yeah, I mean, your point is sound that Ziggurat... I mean, he- here's the thing. Like, like, Ziggurat here at least is like a card that reads like uh, a banlist-worthy card. It's a land. You can't interact with it. It does something powerful but yeah. specific. This deck doesn't die without it, but it has to play shock lands or it has to play... Uh, lands that lose them life it makes it worse in a I way that I think also that if you are backing off of just this deck for a second and you start to think about what does this deck represent like not now but like flash forward a year or two years what does the ability to play this deck represent what it represents is 
we now have too many lands that are able to cast all colors of a creature type. So any other creature type that gets a facelift, whether it's slivers, anything else that's existed in five colors that gets pushed a little mm -hmm. bit, will be playable with this shell. So that's what you have to prevent from happening because like the concept of five color good stuff creatures decks that are aggressive, there's other tribes that are not that far. There aren't. It's not that hard to come up with other tribes that do the same thing humans is doing, just a little less good. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is, there's a weird argument for Cavern of Souls. Just because it's... Well, A, it's this weird choke point on the format from an affordability perspective. Very expensive. Which is yeah. like not a thing that Wizards wants to take into account. And like on the other end, it's a bunch of people losing a bunch of money if you ban it because they the, car, the like ones that you have goes away. But like, yeah, it's a little... It's like 70 bucks. But like by getting rid of it, a lot of the format's most affordable decks actually become affordable like Aethervile becomes the next big choke point there which is fine but Cavern of Souls being what it is like that isn't the worst thing and I don't think you can ban Unclaimed Territory not Cavern of Souls and making counter magic better in modern is something I'm not really against yeah right. we don't we don't have a counter spell that's problematic and making them slightly better and be able to counter tribal creature decks like elves and and, and merfolk yeah the fact that like force spike and days are not like things people do because you can't obviously mm -hmm. um means that the improving our two mana counters to a point that they're actually like powerhouses is okay with me like i i'm okay if like two mana counters in modern are like mm -hmm. a thing you want to be doing as opposed to right now it's just like yeah it's okay like yeah, it's this fine. might be the like like modern becomes significantly more affordable if you kill count cavern souls it's one of the most expensive cards. I mean, the mid, the mid on that card right now is eighty three dollars. But it's also like, because you know, banning Tom, like Tarmogoyf or like Snapcaster Mage, if not in the format or if printed into the ground and becomes super affordable, I actually don't think modern becomes that much less expensive because they're not the only expensive cards in the deck they're good in. You yeah. still have really expensive Celestial Colonnades or Liliana the Veils or Scavenging Ooze becomes expensive now. Like these cards can be replaced by other cards that are good. Right. Cavern of Souls is the only expensive card in, like, 12 decks. Right. And, you know, if you can play 8-Wack or Elves or Merfolk without having to, you know, put in the money for a Cavern of Souls, because you have to, because otherwise you're just playing a worse deck, those decks become significantly more affordable. They're slightly worse, but they're only slightly worse against Counter Magic, and their sideboard options kind of get worse, like Junk Elves. Or right. Abzan Elves is no longer as playable, but I'm not losing sleep over losing Abzan Elves, I guess. It, like, there's Absolutely. an argument that the format's better without Cavern of Souls from the financial perspective. Yeah. And if, you're at a, if you have to be, like, say Humans goes the year being the best deck in the format, just consistently doesn't go away. No one can really kind of beat it down. It's always just at the top table and wins at multiple GPs or, 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 or uh, even the Pro Tour or has multiple positions at the Pro Tour. What do you do? And because I don't think it needs a banning now, I you know the um, when we're having this conversation, it's not about what needs to be banned now because nothing does. Right. But yeah, in five months, if it, the format doesn't change, has become stagnant because humans is able to just be this good for this long. I think Cavern of Souls is the card to ban. Like it's fair. thinking yeah. about it, like it's better than Ancient Circuit or Unclaimed Territory. The deck doesn't die; it just has to play. Like a, a, a one of the lands that costs life whenever a city of brass effect or unclaimed territory yeah. and some more horizon you know some other kind of lands that they can play with or fetches or whatever like yeah, changing I mean, really, their mana you just, base. You just play. You just have to play city of brass, and that just makes the deck a little bit weaker. Yeah, just makes it totally, the deck weaker. Totally fine. More and then like just modern becomes better. Counter magic is better, and uh, tribal decks are more affordable. 
Yeah, fair. You heard it here first, folks. Ban Cavern of Souls yep. if you have to ban something at some point. Not right now because Modern Sweet. Yeah. Uh, that's going to wrap us up for this week's episode, I think. Yeah. I think we have covered uh, what we think are the strongest decks for Vegas. I want to play Jessica Control. I may be taking Alex's wonky, uh, sweet combo Jessica Control deck. It's, uh, it's really cool. Act like you don't know what I'm playing if you play against me. Um, and ben, ben, ben what? <laughs> Just use your real last name. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never to be revealed on the show. Um, that's an inside joke. For those who don't know. I have a, I had a legal different last name uh, 10 years ago. And yeah. uh, I actually never I never changed it. So I'm not going to say what it is on the yeah, show. It's a mystery. Cause like, it's, I like that it's a mystery. But, uh, but yes, uh, Bateman was a name that I like took for a reason about 10 years ago. Longer, actually. And now it has just... <laughs> I don't know a lot of people anymore that like would really know me as anything else. I mean, I've known you for like six or seven years. You met me as Ben Bateman. Oh, yeah. I didn't know your 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 real name until you started working at Kess, and we had to know your real name because you're like yeah. a legal employee with like benefits and a paycheck. And yeah. yeah. It's sweet. A bank account. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's oh, I might, have a booked, I might have had booked travel for you for a GP at some point through the Patreon. That yeah. might be... In, I might have learned it maybe before. So, guys, there's a Facebook group. Uh, as I mentioned, free magic cards being given away on wizardryfoundry.com's uh, show, 10 Minutes of Modern, that I host. You can find that in the Facebook group. It's about 4,000 people there now. Uh, we mentioned everything else, so thank you so much for listening to the show. Find us on Twitter at the MMCast. Uh, tweet at me if you if you want to be you know alerted to the streaming stuff. Any other ideas you have for the show, uh, any of that stuff. You know, we, we love your guys' support on the show, and we'd be happy to be doing it for as long as we have. So And, and please uh, go to cast.co slash battle bosses you can actually check out a little bit of information on it you can sign up to get alerted when we uh, start launching more detailed news about it so please check it out uh follow it on facebook battle bosses on facebook google it or search it there uh there's a facebook group as well make sure to check out the masters of modern facebook group um where discussion happens if you have a cool deck idea it's a good place to post it now that ben has to start brewing stuff and posting stuff online he'll probably start looking at deck lists there trialing for ideas yep um and yeah thanks so much follow me at cass wiley on twitter and instagram and follow ben at at ben bateman media and all those things as well we are at the mm cast everywhere yep and make sure to check out the command zone this week i'm on it it's great it's a great episode and you can see the new boss the third boss to be revealed yes all right guys we'll talk to you soon Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.